This is Series 5 of Brave New Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Hamilton, and I welcome you to the Women's Impact Project, in which my guests share how they are positively impacting the world and the courage it takes to do so. If you're interested in making a difference by guesting on podcasts, you can find out how in my latest book, Dare to Share. This week's guest is Louise Long, a qualified personal trainer who had a difficult relationship with food until she had her three children, shifted her perspective and began a more healthful approach to life, helping others to do so too. But last year she was blindsided when her young son Dylan died, and now she's raising awareness for brain tumour research. Because this is such a powerful episode, we've decided to put it out in two parts. This is part two. Welcome Louise to Brave New Girl Podcast. Did you find that you you discovered a way to live in the moment? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We just, you know, you wake up and you think, oh, was that all a dream or was that, you know, is that has that been our reality? And you just you when you're faced with things like that, you just you have to get up and you have to just write, what can we do today? Let's get through today. And I think we absolutely, you know, changed the way that we thought and we're gonna we're gonna do as much as we can because again in COVID we couldn't do a lot, um, but we're just gonna make everyday fun and we're not gonna kind of let this diagnosis change our life or change the life for the, for the three children. We're gonna do everything we can um, and keep as upbeat as possible um, and you know keep these keep these kids really strong. And he he did pass away, and you were able to really quite quickly think this is something that other people need to help help with and this is something that I can do in in commemoration and in honor of of Dylan and so you started to raise funds for this particular kind of brain tumor brain cancer do you want yeah. to talk about that yeah so I mean Dylan did incredible he got through um 10 rounds of where well, he did his full radiotherapy and dealt with it again like a little um a little star and um he was doing really well all his scans were coming back stable and the doctors and you know the nurses at the hospital I remember just saying he's he's doing so well um and I remember his consultant saying to us at one appointment I you know I can't say that it's scientific based there's nothing but your positivity throughout all of this has just really kept him really strong and he was just full of life and full of cheekiness and you know everyone loved him even though he was really quite cheeky and not naughty but just he just had yeah this manner about him that just people gravitated towards him um but unfortunately in June um last year he did pass away thankfully he was at home we were all around him and it was um obviously the hardest thing as a family we've ever had to go through but we had incredible support and um it would have been exactly what he wanted. He was a real home bird, real family, you know, real family person. So it was it was perfect for him. And up until the six weeks before he died, he was incredible. He was back at school full time. He was playing football. So he was just amazing. Um, and then, as you said, after after he died, just it's one of those things we couldn't control what had happened. It was completely out of our control. And I just knew that I couldn't allow the sadness that we felt and the grief and the trauma that we'd gone through to take over our life um 
and everything I'd learned, I thought I can help other people because there's there's just not that information out there um, in terms of what you can do in regards to diet and again, just giving you hope. So just before um, my birthday in December, I just started to, to look at a few things and um, came across brain tumour research, which I, we, we weren't, um, I, I didn't even know they existed when Dylan was actually going through it. And um, and then I started to look at all of the um, all of the amazing things that that um, that the charity were doing, and I started to look more at statistics around brain tumors, which at the time I didn't know. Probably to protect myself, because I think if I'd have known too much about other people's brain tumors, I would have then perhaps it, it would have been too much for me. But after you know now, um, you know the statistics around it are terrifying. And brain tumor research, the, the charity are just doing incredible things to help find a cure because there's currently no cure, you know, and there, there's 16,000 people in the UK are diagnosed with with brain tumors each year, which is just scary. And that that number is rising. Um, you know, cancer is now one in two people. And again, that that's that's scary that one in two people are going to get cancer. I think that that number is rising. And whilst yes, we absolutely need to find a cure, I think we also need to be looking at why is that happening? What are we doing differently in our life now that 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 cancer is on the rise so much? And, you know, there's so much that we can do to prevent um, or to prevent us from um, certain types of cancer. And again, you know, I think the incredible work that brain tumor research do trying to find a cure because they they only get one percent. So brain tumor research to find a cure only get one percent from the national spend. Which again, I just when I read that, I was like, that's incredible because brain tumors kill more children than leukemia, and brain tumors kill more children and adults under forty than any other cancer. So that, that, like for me, I couldn't get my head around that. That's crazy, and I think we just need to be doing so much more. Um, and you know, we were very much that the type of family that you know, I used to remember reading stories or um, you know, hearing things about children or anyone going through cancer or um, you know, just just these types of things where there was a healthy child or healthy person, and then the next day, you know, they were faced with a diagnosis, and you never think it's going to happen to you. We never ever thought anything like this would happen. Um, and you know and, and it's happening more and more and more and I'm hearing more and more stories and I think we want to honour Dylan in the best way that we can and doing that um, you know sharing his story and sharing everything that we did to give him the best possible life and keep him as well as we could even though he was going through these horrendous treatments you know he was never in hospital he got shingles so he had to be in hospital to have antibiotics but he had oodles amount of energy and you know every week his bloods came back really really strong and you know yes we couldn't we couldn't cure him unfortunately that would have been amazing but what we did do I think without a shadow of a doubt is slow his his growth down um slow the growth of the tumor down and again I think that that's something that that needs to be talked about more we need to be giving more people um, power holistically to really help them with the diagnosis because it gives you gives you back that hope that you're doing that one you're doing something and gives you back that bit of control as well I want to ask you a bit more about that but first um, I have a question about 
you know, the very first time that he he fell, was that a trigger for the 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 brain tumor, or was it as a result of the brain tumor sort of growing? Something we're going to never know. Unfortunately, they they there was not even a mark on his head. He did fall and hit it, but very gently. So that was another thing because because he hit his head. I was like, is there a bleed? Is there something going on at the time? And they wouldn't. They were like, no, there's not even a mark there. There's nothing. You know, this is the seizures aren't an impact of the fall. Um, and it's something that they never they never told us. I mean, I think it must for me, it must have been connected because we know that the, the tumor is pressing on the right side of the brain, which is why when he did have seizures, he would fall to the left. Um, and the seizures themselves were terrifying. I think one of the things that kind of helped us live through the actual diagnosis at the time was that we were trying to deal with the seizures because actually the epilepsy side of it was terrifying absolutely terrifying and once we'd got control of that that took a long time but the the epilepsy side of it again was really 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 hard to live with really traumatic and again he took it like I, these don't bother me whatever let's just get up and carry on um but actually living with that and trying to prevent them and worrying if if seizures get worse, is that because the tumour's growing or is it something else? You know, we were so, so worried the whole time about all of that. Um, so epilepsy is another thing that I think is just, it's a horrible thing to live with. And in terms of the research that's being done and and your particular interest in in food, in, you know, doing the things that you can, A, to prevent it, and B, if you have got it, to give yourself the best chance whilst you're having chemo or, absolutely, yeah, you know, maybe even not having to have chemo or whatever yeah. the, the options are. Yeah. So what what are the sort of things that, you know, along with the, the sort of research that you're that you're raising funds for and your own knowledge, what what are you discovering? So obviously everybody is so different and what works for one person doesn't work for someone else. So I think the most important thing that anyone can do is work alongside your hospital, whoever you're under. Um, and this goes in terms of anything. It doesn't even have to be a cancer diagnosis. I mean, more more people are getting autoimmune diseases now. Um, and what's even scarier is actually women are facing them much more than men. So just, you know, chronic conditions as a whole are getting worse and I think we as individuals have got to take responsibility for our own health and I think sometimes we put so much not pressure on the NHS because that's the wrong thing but we we wait sometimes to be told right this is you know this is what's going to happen and we were very much we're going to do everything we can and I understand that some people are very very scared to do that but all I would say is work with someone who knows, work with a professional who knows what they are talking about. So don't go and do it alone. That's very difficult. We were incredibly lucky to have amazing support from a nurse in America who massively helped us. But do your research and find someone that can help you. And in terms of diet, like your diet can massively impact you. So one of the things that we knew from the chemotherapy and radiotherapy was they are immune suppressants. They are going to make Dylan's immune system really, really weak. So as a personal trainer at the time, and I had that interest in nutrition, I knew I needed to do everything I could. That was the first thing that just made sense to me. Well, I know I need to do everything I can to make his immune system strong. And I remember talking to the consultant about it and saying, right, well, 
you know, if we need to be, if he's going to be on a chemotherapy and this is going to be making his immune system really weak, we need to be looking at things to really boost that immune system. And I remember him saying, well, you know, just let him eat what he wants. And again, I remember hearing a dietitian at the hospital say, don't worry about calories, don't worry about and just get food into them doesn't matter what they eat. Actually, we don't want you to be thinking about, um, you know, eating well, we just want them eating. And it just made my brain sort of pop. And I just thought this is crazy. They're more focused on someone putting on weight and not losing weight than actually getting goodness. And Dylan did lose a lot of weight at the beginning after he had radiotherapy. He really went off his food and uh, we were really, really quite, um, not strict, but we were really quite firm in making sure I was not going to give him sugar because I knew that that was something that was going to make his cancer grow. You know, we know that there is a link between sugar, but we also know that there's a link between certain oils in food, you know, the cheaper types of oils that are in our foods now. And we needed to make sure that he was getting lots of omega-3 in his diet because that was really great for inflammation. So we were looking at things to not only boost his immune system, but also help deal with any inflammation going on in his body. So they were the two kind of main things. And towards the end of last year and going into the beginning of, sorry, last year, yeah, he looked incredible. He put on weight. He was heavier um, than before he started, um, before he started treatment. He was growing so well. He was getting so tall. He nearly caught up with his um my eldest son, which he didn't like. Um, and he was really thriving. And I think you don't, you know, when you think of a child with cancer or anyone with cancer, you don't look at them and think they look incredible. Dylan did. And even when he was, you know, in his hospital bed at home, in the last few weeks of his life, the, the palliative care team used to come in and go, he just looks amazing. You know, he didn't get bed sores. He didn't get any pressure marks. He just his skin was incredible because even then when he had a feeding tube, I was still doing all of the food. He was still having all of them and I was just smoothing it up and, and giving it to him that way. They gave me the milk that, that they give that you would then put through the feeding tube, but I couldn't do it because I knew the ingredients that were in there. So I was like, I'm going to keep feeding this child everything that I can and um, do everything that I can. And, you know, we saw that to the very end. He looked absolutely incredible. So, you know, I think, again, it's just proof that there's so much that can be done. And one of the studies that they're doing at the moment is in is to do with the ketogenic diet. And a lot of people will talk about the ketogenic diet when it comes in terms of um, epilepsy and brain tumours. Everyone says it. They need to be on the ketogenic diet because of the way it, it can starve, starve the brain in terms of starve the cancer cells. But when we think about that, again, what I've learned when we think about the ketogenic diet, yes, we need to be having more fats because that's what we're doing. But actually, it's then the type of fats and it's the type of food still. It's not just any fat. We still need to be looking at the quality of the foods that we're eating. And still, although the ketogenic diet it is proving to, to be, you know, to be effective, we still need to be looking at other foods that are, you know, anti-cancer. And these are the things that we need to be potentially um, bringing together and really focusing on I think so there's lots of things that that are being worked on and research is being done so you know the more that we can do to raise funds for that the better and I guess the point is that you know all of these things that you're you're talking about and looking at it's it's relevant for for all of us absolutely you know, yeah we've been faced by 
a global pandemic of a virus that has brought the world to its knees. And hardly, I haven't heard anyone talk about what we can do. I mean, I think that's a whole other podcast. I think we might <laughs> end up, but absolutely, like I talk about it all the time again with my clients, like why has no one been told the basics? Why are we not being told to be eating more things that are going to boost our immune systems? You know, we shouldn't be just looking at eating our five different types of fruits and vegetables a day. We need to be increasing that. We need to be looking at all the ways to really boost our immune system. You know, we should be talking about um, vitamin D. That should have been one of the first things that, you know, everyone was encouraged to supplement um, vitamin D because that, that there's so much evidence to show that that um, can really help boost your immune system as well as other things. And, you know, especially in the winter, we don't get that vitamin D and we can't get it from food as well. So there's so many things that should have been spoken about and just haven't. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's a whole other podcast, I think. <laughs> As a result of what you've been through with Dylan and and what you've learned and the fundraising that you've done, I wonder, you know, when talking about kind of personal impact and the impact that we can have on on other people, how has somehow having a personal impact on others helped you through the pain and the trauma that you've been through? It's, it's difficult I think there's 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 two things I've known personally for me I need to do everything I can to keep his memory alive and you know you have a bond with your with all of your children so uh, you know I've spoke about I have all three um all three children but Dylan was always very much he was much more independent than the other two so he was always like, he was middle child, I've got this, I don't need mum and dad, like I'm, you know, he's only six again, but I'm I'm cool, I've got this. And then, um, whereas my other two are much more sort of, they were just a little bit more, mummy, can you help me do this? And mummy, can you help me? You know, Dylan was very, um, sort of kept me at arm's length. And then when he was diagnosed, we had a completely different, um, completely different relationship. And so... I have to look at that sometimes and I think without his diagnosis and without him going through everything he went through I never would have had that bond with him and that's something that I hold on to every day because as difficult as it is and I'm obviously I miss him every day I want to talk about him all the time uh, you know I don't I know some people find it really really difficult and I do at times but I want to talk about him every day and sometimes that surprises people because they're like you're talking about him and I have to. So I think now for me, for me personally, working with other people that are, um, again, and it's not always, it's not always cancer. I really enjoy working. Um, the reason I started to, to train in, in functional nutrition and nutrition is because I'm so interested in how what we eat can affect our body and how it, it, you know it's all connected and we have this connection between our gut and our, and our brain and why are we not talking about this more why you know when there is anxiety and mental health is on the rise and why are we not looking at more that we can do um in terms of the food that we're putting into our mouth that can just help so much I've seen it I've seen it for myself I know for myself now what I need to do to make sure I am functioning at my best I've seen it with my children and I've seen it with the clients that I now work with the impact it can have 
And again, when we're talking about autoimmune conditions, some women don't know that they've got them. A lot of women don't know. They're just in a lot of pain or they feel really awful. And I'm not there to diagnose. I'm not a doctor. I'd never turn around and say, well, you've got this. But what I can do is I can help you, you know, look at potentially what's going on and and look at your symptoms. And then we can just make some dietary changes or some lifestyle changes. You know, we look at sleep. We look at um, what potentially stressful situations you're going through. And for me, knowing that I'm doing that and knowing that it started really when Dylan was diagnosed, I feel like he's kind of carrying, he's there with me. And that brings me huge amounts of comfort. I have him in my in my little necklace here. I've, I've I've got his ashes, so I just feel like he's there guiding me all the time, and and that's you know that's what he was kind of brought here to do. And then I think as a family for us, again doing things to um, raise money and raise awareness has brought for us as a family huge amounts of comfort as well. Like we're a massive family. Darren's got um, two brothers, and you know there was eight eight children. Um, and they were like siblings rather than cousins they were so close and the bond that they have was incredible and um, I've got a brother and you know our parents both of our parents have been so incredible so we've got an incredible support system and we're we're all in it together you know we all want to just keep Dylan's name alive and keep doing all of these things in terms of research and yeah just fundraising because it helps us all and I think they're positive things that we can do as a family together we call them Dylan days because Dylan would have loved that he used to say can we have a Dylan day where it was all about him so we now have Dylan days to just help us you know help us give us comfort we all have a cry together we all you know do his favorite things but that's just what helps um so it's finding those those bits of comfort as well I think that's massively helped us and looking to the future what do you hope for in terms of your your work and and the impact that you can have for people I know you've got your um, be your best program coming up Mm -hmm. so that I just really want um so I, I do mainly specifically work with women just because it's it's kind of and children and I just want to really help people be more responsible for themselves and kind of quieten the noise around diet culture and you know, feeling so much pressure on it all being about weight. Um, And as you so rightly said, you know, it's not always about being overweight. It's actually about being on either end of the scale can be um, can be wrong. And I think that there's, you know, when we find that balance, when we find that, you know, real perfect, this is a great spot. And here is where I feel great. And it's not just because I'm eating 1600 calories a day and going to the gym five times a week. It's because I have so much energy. It's because I feel really good. My, I'm able to cope with my stress level so much better. I'm sleeping really well. These are the things that I really want to, to work with in my programs, whether that's one-to-one with women or it's it's in a program. These are the things that we're focusing on. So yes, diet is important, but it's not everything. Um, and I think when we come away from the weight side and we start to look at diet in terms of our health and what it can do, powerful things can happen and that's what I I just want to educate and empower women to one you know know what really works for their body and to you know have then the courage to take that forward and run with it with everything that you've been through with the work that you do with the women with the journey that you've been on right from childhood really 
um, and in honouring Dylan, who sounds such a fantastic little boy. How do you define courage? Uh, So this, when obviously you sent the stuff through, I thought actually this is really interesting because when I first thought about courage, we think about like bravery and, and like a lion and, you know, you think that it's a, there's a lot connected, but actually I think courage is, it's, it's really complex, complex, isn't it? And I think it's, you know, sometimes courage comes knocking at your door and you don't even know you, you know, you have to actually just, you know, go with it. And I think for me, really, courage is just getting up every day and just one step in front of the other. You know, sometimes I wake up and like I said to you, I think, God, is this, you know, is this, another day I've got to face without him um but it's just doing the best that you can definitely in the situations that you never thought you'd be in um and that you never have to sometimes face but you have two choices with anything and this is what's kind of kept me going I, I and this has been a real massive thing that again I talk about with my children we have two choices with everything we do we can either let this take over and we can let it take over our life and that's the path I don't want to go down or we can do the best that we can in the situation that we that we have so yes we've lost Dylan and it's awful that he was so young you know he was seven when he died and he's not able he's not gone to live a full life but in those seven years what an incredible life he had he never knew anything other than happiness he was spoilt rotten So we are so lucky. We have seven incredible memories and he 100% left his mark on this world. So, you know, yes, it was it was seven years and we have to live with the fact that we are going to miss him every day. But um, we've got there's you know, we've got that happiness. We've got those memories. So that is what we have to be grateful for. And I think that's for me, that's courage is knowing you've got two two paths to go down it would be be so easy probably most days to go down well I'm just going to stay in bed that's what I'm going to do because it's easy but actually it's taking that other option and going and just doing everything you can because that's what you know that's what life's about as well and that's what Dylan was courage you know when I think about courage I think about him because he never complained so I can't I have to carry on that for him now Thank you so much, Lou, for having the courage to talk with me so that you can bring awareness for the much needed research around brain cancer, as well as helping people in their own lives to live in a fit and healthful way so that they can be their best. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share it all as well. Thank you. Thank you, Lou. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Louise, for showing us that even in the worst of times, we can find a way to bring purpose to our lives so that we can shine a light for our way ahead. You can find out more about Louise's work on www.louise-long.com and follow her on Instagram at underscore Louise Long underscore. Thanks to Silk Studios for producing and sourcing the guests for the show. And thanks to you all for listening. Take care, choose courage and see you next week.